You're listening to the free preview episode of On Grief, a podcast about death by Karen Geyer. To unlock the full episodes, please visit patreon.com forward slash on grief pod. Memberships start at just $2 a month. This is On Grief, a podcast about death. Uncle Jack's favorite cat. Yeah, I'm gonna remember when Uncle Jack gave it to him. Yeah. You remember that? I sure do. Boy, today Uncle Jack taught Elmo how to swing a baseball bat. Yeah, <laughs> my brother. Oh, he sure did love baseball. Yeah. And he loved teaching you how to play. Uh, he was so proud of you that day, he gave you the cap right off his head. Boy, <laughs> Elmo can't wait to see Uncle Jack and show it to him today. Uh, uh, son? Son, can I, uh... Oh, yeah, Daddy? Uh, he, he won't be there. Do you remember how we talked about your Uncle Jack? He, uh, he died. Oh, yeah, well, well like, Elmo, Elmo can just show it to Uncle Jack next time. Uh, well, I, I'm afraid not, son. Oh, but Elmo can call him on the phone, right? No, son, you, you, you see, uh... When when someone dies, hmm? it, it means they're they're not alive anymore. Their their body has stopped working. They don't eat or uh, or breathe or, or talk on the phone. Oh. Uh, Uncle Jack died. You have any questions? I mean, you can always you can always ask me anything. Of course. Well, Elmo does have one question. Oh, oh, okay. Um, okay, what is it, son? Well, can we bring Elmo's kite to play with in the park? <laughs> yes, yes, we can. Okay, son. <laughs> Let's get the kite. Well, well, come on, you two. We gotta get going. We still have to pick up Rosita on the way to the park. Coming, Mommy. Okay, let's go, son. On average, every year, millions of children will suffer from grief from a loss in their families. It's something that we rarely talk about, and it's something that should have a lot more attention put on it because of the way that we approach children when they are grieving. Here to discuss what the do's and don'ts of dealing with children with grief are is my guest, Andrea Warnick. Andrea is a registered psychotherapist and a nurse, and she has a practice in Toronto where she specializes in bereavement counseling, specifically child grief. Welcome, Andrea. Andrea, let's talk about the unique challenges facing children suffering from grief. How does it differ from adults? Children grieve very differently than adults grieve, and so unfortunately, often their grief gets missed as a result of that. Children do a really beautiful job, actually, of balancing deep joy and deep sorrow. And so, you know, a child can be playing and having fun, but still profoundly grieving. And quite often what will happen is people will look at kids and be like, oh, they're doing fine. 
Um, but they're missing the person and sometimes they're confused and often they have unanswered questions that they haven't asked. And so quite often the complexity with children's grief is that we don't often recognize their grief as being grief. And I find particularly with young children, we often underestimate their ability to understand issues related to dying and death and grief. So we often sort of relegate them to the sidelines and don't even talk to them about what's going on. Do you think because of those unique reactions that child grief sometimes gets minimized or even ignored by adults? Yes, quite often that's what happens. I, a lot of people will say to me, well, my kids aren't asking questions, therefore, you know, I'm not really going to enter into the conversation. And I really encourage people to understand that most kids, if they're living in an environment where something hard is happening or has happened and none of the adults are talking about it or entering into conversations with them about it, kids usually aren't going to take the lead in opening up the conversation. And that's where I really encourage parents. And when I say parents, I'm referring to anybody who's raising a child. It may be an uncle, it may be a foster parent, but I really encourage parents to take the lead that it's their responsibility to open the conversation with their children, find out what children understand, find out if they have any questions, and they can let their kids take the lead in how much information they want, because that really varies from child to child. But it's really important that adults open the conversation and teach kids we can talk about these really hard things. So let's say that Nana died. What should we be doing right at the beginning to tell children about what just happened? One of the most important rules and guidelines is really to be honest with them. So let them know that Nana died. Ideally, if Nana was dying for a while, let them know before Nana dies that she was going to die. Um, and so be honest. And that's where like, I often encourage people to enter the conversation with kids just saying, you know, I'm wondering, what do you understand about what just happened with Nana? Find out what the kids understand. They may have overheard things. They may have come to their own conclusions. But then be honest about the fact we're sad to let you know, but Nana died. And to use that word, use the D word. Don't try to soften it by using euphemisms like passed away, passed on, we lost Nana. I mean, the number of kids I've worked with who have actually jumped up looking for their lost person because kids lose things all the time and find them again. And so often adults avoid the, the, the language of death and dying. Um, and so you want to tell them that Nana died and also let them know that like all the feelings that they have related to that are perfectly natural and healthy. We can be sad together, we can be mad, and if you wanna go off playing three minutes later and having fun, that's totally okay too. So is the approach age dependent? Do we have to tailor the message according to a child's age? The general approach of being honest and taking the lead and opening the conversation and really inviting questions is right across the age span. You know, often people get tripped up more about talking to younger kids because it's trickier to figure out how do you talk to like a three-year-old about death or cremation and all of those things than a 13-year-old. So generally the principle is the same, but with younger kids, you're going to need to have a lot more repetition. You know, teenagers will often, their instinct is to actually do a fair bit of their grief with, outside of the family and with their peers. So sometimes it's helping foster that. So there are definitely differences, but the general principles of being honest and inviting questions and taking the lead and opening the conversations is regardless of the age of the child. How should we be approaching talking to children about? attending a funeral or a memorial service 
one of the most important pieces when preparing a child or a teenager to go to a memorial, a shiva, any sort of ritual around death and dying is to prepare them. Let them know what they're going to experience. Let them know, you know, this is what we're going to. This is what it's called. Um, this is what you'll see. So if it's a situation where there'll be a casket, tell them, especially young children, let them know what a casket is, you know, tell them that the person's body will be in the casket. I always, I learned the hard way that often young kids think of body as neck down. And so I had a number of kids come back and be like, Andrea, my grandpa's head was there too. I had no idea that kids would take it so literally. And now I always say, you know, grandpa's body, including his head, will be in the casket. And the more we can, you know, prepare them for the fine details of, you know, you can touch grandpa. He might feel cold. He might have makeup on, but you can touch him. You're not going to get anything from him. You can put something in the casket if you want. If there's not a body, preparing them for that. But another big piece to prepare kids for is just the emotional reactions of the people around them. So it might be saying, you know, you might see a lot of people crying and that's okay. They're sad, right? Because they're missing grandma. Um, and it might be saying, but you know, you might also see people who are laughing and telling stories and that's okay too. And just giving permission to kids to have any of the feelings that they have um, and let them know sort of what's expected of them. If they're going to have to be quiet for quite a while while someone's talking, it's really helpful for them to know that. I like to have kids, you know, have an out. So if a kid is sitting in a memorial service or something for, you know, a fair period of time and they're like, they've had enough and they need a break. I like to set up a little signal with a kid. So, you know, if you tug your ear, I know you need a break. But it's also helpful, you know, if it's a child's parent who's died or a close family member, you want to have some extra adults on hand. So, you know, mom does not need to leave her own mother's service to be with her kids. But you can have, you know, somebody like a more distant cousin or a babysitter who can go out with a four-year-old and play in another room while things continue. So I lost my grandmother at a very young age, and my mother was adamant that I see my grandmother in the coffin before the service. Is that something that needs to happen? Do children need to confront grief in such a very specific way? You know, it really depends. Like, I would never force a child to see somebody who has died. Uh, it's I really like to give kids options about it. If a child wants to see the person who has died and isn't allowed to do so, that can be really hard for the child. And it can help to see someone who's died. It can help children's understanding of the fact that, you know, the body doesn't function and the fact, even the permanence of it. But it doesn't need to happen. So if a child wants to see someone who's died, Prepare them. Let them know what they're going to see. Let them know what the person's going to feel like. If the child doesn't want to, let them know that's totally okay, too. They can stand at the back. They don't need to look in the casket. So I, I find that far more important piece is like, what does the child want? Or what are the child, that individual child's needs? And being able to support them in that. Do children have to participate in receiving lines, receptions, funeral wakes, funeral luncheons? Is that something that we should be expecting out of them? A child doesn't have to participate. I like I like them to be present as much as possible, right? So that's where I do encourage people 
bring kids to a funeral, even before it happens in their family. You know, the elderly man down the street who you don't know that well dies. It's a really powerful, teachable moment for kids to learn what happens at funerals, what happens at these different rituals. But for the most part, we want to bring kids. If a kid is really afraid and doesn't want to attend, I'm always exploring what's the fear, what's holding you back, what are they imagining is going to happen that is scary for them and work with that. But the vast majority of kids benefit from being involved, but we want to give them some control in terms of what level of participation. Do they want to stand in a receiving line? If not, don't worry about it. If they do want to stand in a receiving line, I want to prepare them for the fact you're going to have a lot of people coming up and saying, I'm sorry. Um, how are you going to respond to that? I find I'm sorry, which is tends to be a go-to for a lot of people expressing condolences. It trips kids up a bit. Often they take it as an apology. Um, and they're not really sure how to respond. And even teenagers sometimes feel, I had a teenager who once said to me, you know, after her dad died, somebody came up to the funeral and said, I'm sorry. And her automatic response was, it's fine. But she really struggled with that after because she's like, it's not fine. There's nothing fine about this. And that's where I actually like to prepare them with the language they can use in response to the common things people say. If someone comes up to you in the receiving line or anywhere else and says, I'm sorry, it's okay just to say, thank you. If somebody says, what happened to your dad? It's okay to say, I don't want to talk about it, or he died in a car accident, and really prepare them with the language. But I wouldn't be forcing them to be you know, involved in all aspects of things, but to have them present. And I'll often say to kids at funerals, too, I'll say, you know, sometimes adults aren't so good at remembering that you can be grieving and missing somebody and sad and having fun. And if you're running around the funeral and you're having a good time and any adults come up to you and say something to you that you shouldn't be doing that, I want to make sure you tell me after or please tell your parent or, you know, other people in your family because adults just forget that we can be grieving and having fun at the same time. So if I am not in the family and I am just attending a funeral for someone that I know children will be there and I will be interacting with them, what should I be saying and what shouldn't I be saying to these children? Absolutely. And that's where I advise people to, you know, let a child know you're sad that their person died. That's what I'll often say instead of I'm sorry that your grandma died. I'll say I was sad to hear your grandma died. I like to ask kids their stories. Like, talk about the person who died. You know, what did you love doing with your grandma? Did you spend much time with your grandma? Sometimes kids know the person really well. Sometimes they didn't. When they didn't, it's the community's responsibility to help them to get to know the person who died, to share stories and things like that. I'll also say, if I happen to know the person, I'll say, you know, I've got a couple of memories of this person. I'm wondering, do you want to know some of my stories about the person? Just ask, ask the kid if they'd want to know. But that's where, as much as possible, if the child has a relationship with the person, ask them about them. Ask them what they did together. Ask them, you know, like, what was some of your favorite memories with grandma? You know, what were some of the silly things that happened and things like that? And just talk about the person who died. Invite the child to talk about the person who died if they want to. In a normal state of affairs, we know that children often ask weird and wonderful questions, and they often ask them at weird and inopportune times. How should we be approaching this when it comes to the subject of death and dying and grieving? I think one of the most important things for 
any adult who's supporting a grieving child to remember is you don't actually have to have all the answers. And I find that that really helps adults feel more comfortable entering in and opening up the conversation in the first place. I actually find if kids nail us with questions that we can't answer, that's a really good sign that we've done a good job creating a comfortable environment for a child where they feel comfortable sharing their big questions. And I want to always thank them for asking the big questions, but let them know that there's some things that we don't have the answer for, but maybe somebody else does, right? Maybe the oncologist has some of that information and we can get it back to you. But when it comes to some of the big existential questions and things like this, is she in heaven? I had one eight-year-old ask me after her mom died, does everything happen for a reason or something's really random? And that was an eight-year-old. That's where our job isn't to have the answers, but just to wonder with kids. Like, that's a really good question. I wonder about that too. I find the word mystery can be really helpful because even kids as young as three will often know what that word means. Um, And just talk about some things in life are a mystery. We don't know for sure. People can talk. I mean, family members, I say, you know, feel free to talk about your belief systems if you believe in heaven or reincarnation or whatever it is. But I encourage people not to even go there until your child has a good understanding of the physical aspects of death, right? The fact that when a body dies, it stops working and it will never work again because kids really need to grasp that physical aspect of death before they start entering into conversations with their family about beliefs. And and that's where I just encourage the use of that word mystery. And I have a lot of families that come to me and say, I don't even know what I believe. How am I supposed to talk to my kid about it? And that's where I just encourage them, wonder with your kid. I'd rather kids be wondering the big questions in life together with us than on their own. To unlock the rest of this episode and to hear more episodes, visit patreon.com forward slash on grief pod.